This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. Dude, there is blood everywhere. for this episode why don't we here at unqualified gamers the podcast talk about how there are too many cooks in this podcast what do you think there are there are there are literally only two two cooks there are two cooks in this podcast that's not too many mayhaps that is too many it's we've we've been just fine with two cooks and in fact we've tried one cook We've tried one cook, and one cook doesn't tend to work as well as two cooks. So you're saying one cook is too many cooks. Is that what you're saying? If you're trying to make something, though, you have to have at least one cook. And if one cook is not, or if, and so if one cook is not correct, then the next number you would need to try would be two cooks. And if two cooks was not correct, since you've already tried zero cooks and one cook, the next number would be three cooks. And so two cooks, which is what the, the number we are currently at, could not be too many cooks because the only number then that we have not tried would be more cooks. But what if one cook is too many so cooks? It, it would have to be too few cooks. No, one cook can't. You don't understand. One cook cannot be too few cooks. I never that's, said it was too stupid. few. I said one cook could be too many cooks. There are too few cooks in the kitchen. When that did we, we decide there are too few cooks? When did that become the conversation? Okay, so one cook is more than zero cooks. And in order to cook anything, I would argue that you need at least one cook. We've never... Even if you are using... Even if you are using a self-cooker, I still believe that you would need a single cook to initiate the cooking process to make the dish. We have never established that cooking is the goal or that a dish is part of the process, right? I think you're implying by calling somebody a cook and using using uh, that descriptor of a of a person that they are cooking something. No, I'm implying that I, what I'm saying is there's too many cooks. And if one cook is too many cooks, then perhaps the number of cooks The you... only other number would be 0. And if we tried to do an episode with 0 cooks, there would be nothing. But I there would be no episode. I said there are too many cooks, perhaps. Like, maybe there's enough people, maybe two is the right number of people, but there are too many cooks. Do you do the, understand okay, so English? Each of, us could be, each of us could be one cook. Uh, I couldn't be more than a cook, nor could you. And if, if two cooks were too many, because that would mean that together, even if we were both 100% cooks, which, frankly, you know how to make apple cider and not much else... I know how to make rice aroni. I know how to make tuna helper. And so, so two. So that would mean that that we would have, at like at the most two cooks, at the least zero cooks. So there's no way that there are too many cooks. I would argue, if anything, that there are too few cooks on this podcast. Well, I think that at this point we can agree that there, whether or not there are too many cooks, I think we're get, be subjecting ourselves to subversive humor. 
I think we can agree that there either are or are not cooks as a part of this podcast. I can agree to that. It's subversive anti-humor, if you really think about it. Is it a subversive? Well, if it's a subversive anti-cook, then do we have a cook or not a cook? Like, which category does that go into? Probably ethics and gaming journalism. So welcome to episode 92 of Unqualified Gamers. Now that we've wasted roughly five minutes of your time, we're ready to start talking about video games. Actually, we're not. We're just going to gonna BS and talk about, like, I don't know, our lives or something. Yeah, I actually, had I not shown up a half hour late to record, Jonathan, I actually wanted to talk about kind of re-examining the format of this program. That's really too bad that you spent, I don't know, half an hour of my time not being here. Yeah, so, you know, there's that, but, um... So talk to me about the format, because I'm sure we've got time for it. Sure, and and talking about it on the show, I think, is really great. So traditionally, listener, as you Mm -hmm. know, because God knows we never get new audience members, which is fine. Uh, We love all of you current listeners. Um... As you know, we generally talk about our weekends and like talk about video games, and I don't know. I th- I think that's fine, but I- I'd like to talk about maybe some topical things, a little bit, and and maybe make it a bit broader. Like than... like things you apply to your skin. Yes, topical. That's in any way what that means. Definitely. Look, look. Th- my brain goes there when you say topical, and I can't be the only one. I'm just saying that like talking about too many cooks. That's a thing. We could talk about that. We that you have would not shut up about this week because you're obsessed with it. Yeah, I do kind of because you love subversive anti humor. I do. I love subversive anti humor. That is, uh, I say that all the time. Hashtag Cookgate. So there's that. So um, yeah, I can't. We just can't. We just watch watch too many cooks and not try to analyze it. No. For something more, can't we just watch it to, for for it to be funny? No, and like, do we have to approach it with a critical eye? Who, I I don't know who you're even imitating slash mocking right now. I literally don't know your mo, your modus operandi, as it were. So uh, there's that, but there's other stuff like that's kind of like I don't know. It's like stuff that's a thing or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, check this out. No. All right. So. If you watch this podcast on YouTube, something's about to happen to my face. It's about to change. All right, cool. Now, Jonathan, for the audio listener, can you describe what just happened to my face? I I saw it far brighter. It was terrifying. It's brighter, right? It's brighter. Do you know why that, that it, my face is now brighter? Because you're trying to torture me? Because I have, sitting on my desk, a Sun Touch Plus. It is a sun lamp. You legitimately got a sunlight. It is putting vitamin D in my body right now. Is uh, No, I don't think that's what it's really doing. I don't think that's exactly what no, it is. No, it does. is giving me vitamin D. Uh, it is activating... St- it, is giving you, it is giving you the D? <laughs> you bought a product to give you the D? That's why I can't talk to you, which makes doing a podcast a little awkward. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Where's the laugh hey, look, track? Wait. I'm not the one who I'm not the one who bought a D lamp. Okay, well I got a sun lamp and it's giving me the D right now. So for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to be absorbing vitamins and nutrients while you're sitting there slowly dying. You're going to be getting the D on the podcast. Yeah. This is a first. No, it's a first. Uh, it's a fir- it's well, not a first. Is it? Remember okay. we didn't always do video. We used to do audio only. I have definitely gotten okay. the D in this podcast. Okay. 
Yeah, I guess I wouldn't have known. Now, I'm supposed to put this sun lamp to give me the D from between two to three feet away from my face and just have it kind of spray all over my face from about two to three feet away for 15 to 30 minutes a day. So I'm just going to sit here and get the D for about the next, like, I think it's on a 15-minute timer right now. That seems like an awful long time. No, I think it's fine. Given the I mean, length, given the 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 length of this podcast and the girth of the D that I'm getting, I think it's uh, that wasn't even subtle. And, and you don't get, and you you don't get tired, huh? No, no, no. So the reason I bought this is because supposedly, when you see sunlight in the morning, in your brain was going really well. Yeah, ever mm-hmm. since I started recording earlier today, my computer has felt like it's going to just break. You remember, like, back in the day when you had dial-up and your computer made the little clicky noises? You remember that? Yeah, didn't I tell you that it's Chicago internet more than anything? It's not the, no, no, it's it my is. computer. It has nothing to do with the internet. It's my computer. I, 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 dis, I disagree. I'm pretty sure it's Chicago. No, my Mac... I'm pretty sure it's the city. Yeah, my MacBook is, is, for some reason, just running everything very slowly, and it feels like back in the day where you'd start to load a website and then suddenly your hard drive would just click, 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 click. And, like, you know it's working really, really hard, but it's not doing anything. And then suddenly it's, like, you try mm-hmm. and move the mouse, and the cursor just, like, will sit and not even move because it's so messed up for, like, a minute. And then suddenly it's just in a different spot on the screen for, like, another minute. And it's just, like, that slow and broken down. That's kind of what happened to my computer right now, actually. So that happened. Okay, I, I don't really know what you're talking about. So uh, you're getting the D... What did you do this weekend? I don't remember. Well, we haven't recorded in two okay, weeks great. because Jonathan, somebody, uh, was is, busy. Is, I'm actually it's more that I was sick, and I am sick roughly seventy five percent of the time now. Which I, you know, I had some friends that had a, a child a couple years before me who I actually was visiting this weekend in Chicago, and. Uh, I remember, you know, when I was when I was in school down in Chicago, I would visit them maybe two to three times a week at the most, at least once a week. But I remember them being sick just all the time. They were sick all the time. And their kid was like one and a half years old, two years old at the time. And I was like, geez, I wonder if when I have a kid, I'm going to be sick all the time. I can dispel those rumors. They are, in fact, true. When you have a child, and especially when your child is in daycare... I think I I have something like 75% of the time. And I've probably said this on the podcast before, but I I legitimately think I have some sort of illness like 75% of the time because Max just tends to bring it home from daycare. So that's fun. So I've been sick for like two weeks. Well, maybe you need the D. And and so, dude, I should probably get some more D. And so I decided it would be a great idea in the midst of being ill to go visit uh, my very good friends in Chicago um, not me, to be clear. I, no, I try not to visit you. Uh, whom I, you know, I haven't seen. I haven't seen them in. Um, it's been about a year and a half ish at this point. A, a year and a quarter. It's been a while. But these were um, the friends that I made in Chicago, whom I truly learned to love board games more than any other types of games, um, and so. About once a year, if I can manage, either they come up and visit me or I go down and visit them. And so I decided it would be a great idea to go down and visit them. And so I flew down on Thursday um, and 
I played a myriad of board games over the course of the weekend. They were I played a ton of new games that I had never played before. Like the, the games themselves are not new, but they're they were new to me. Um, I honestly can say I did not play a bad game this weekend. I literally did not win a single game this weekend, but it didn't matter because I had a ton of fun playing board games. Um, and I did that all weekend. And the, the highlight and probably low light was playing my favorite board game of all time, Twilight Imperium, on uh, on Saturday night. It's a game published by Fantasy Flight Games. Um, and there were six of us there. And it the game took 13 hours, and we started at like 5 in the evening. So the game really took until 6 a.m. And the thing that really made it hit home... Was that first of all? I was I don't I don't ever stay up anymore ever. So I was die I was dying. I may have I may have died if I had, had to stay up another hour. But the thing that really brought it home was when we were like wrapping up the last turn, and Dave Dave is my friend who whom I visited. His three year old daughter comes walking down down the stairs to wake up for the day, in the last turn of Twilight Imperium. Wow. And I was like, man, I probably made. Uh, this is this is this is yeah no i did no i probably made pro it was probably a bad life choice that i made at that point but it was also a phenomenal life choice so overall it was a fantastic trip that day was a difficult day to make it through i had to uh i, I went to bed at six and got up at, at 8 30 to hop on a flight my flight uh, was at like 11.15, and I slept the whole flight, obviously, and I woke up, um, and then I had to drive back home from the airport, and that was a difficult drive, but I made it, and then I couldn't nap because I have a baby here, so it was a, uh, yeah, no, that was a tough day. That was a tough, tough it was worth it. But it was a tough day. A poor life choice you made, you, th you would say. Uh, it was a fit, but a great life choice. A great life choice. Highlights of the week, highlights of, of the board gaming weekend, in case you're curious of like some, some specifics. There, there were, there's Twilight Imperium, of course. There was a new expansion of Battlestar Galactica, the game, that I had not played before. And the new expansion was very good. Um, and then there was a game we played uh, called A Study in Emerald, which is a riff on... I think it's a study in Sapphire, I think, is the original story, which is a Sherlock Holmes mystery. Um, and the idea behind a study in Emerald is about 700 years ago, the old gods, the gods of um, H.P. Lovecraft, the gods from Call of Cthulhu. Um, so the, the, the elder gods that H.P. Lovecraft created actually took over the Earth and are basically in... Um, in power over different countries of of the world and it's like 19 it's in the 1920s or 1930s and dynamite has just been invented and upon the invention of dynamite um people now have the ability to blow up the elder gods kill them right so there are uh two factions there are the um loyalists who are loyal to the elder gods and then there are the uh, I can't remember what they're called. They're basically revolutionists, I guess. And they want to uh, reinstate humanity as the, the rulers of the world, right? And so 
they're trying to blow up the Elder Gods, and the Loyalists are trying to protect the Elder Gods, and you get, you get points for various things. But you're not technically... Team, it's not technically a team game. So the real the real gag of the game is that you do score points with your team, but there's a solo winner. But the way the scoring works in this game is that the lowest the person with the lowest score, their entire team loses regardless of this of their scores individually. So you can have a person with the highest score in the game, but if their team member, their faction member has the lowest score in the game, their whole team loses no matter what. And the highest score of the other faction is is the winner. So it's got this really interesting scoring mechanic that actually made for an interesting game because you have to you have to make sure you are helping your oh and you don't know who's on your team right away like you figure that out over the course of the game. Sounds like a game so of intrigue. Kinda, it is. It's, it's it was really fun. We had a ton of fun playing that. So that was those were like the highlights highlights of the of the weekend. Sherlock Holmes. No, that's I mean you, you can't go wrong with Sherlock Holmes. Quoth the Raven, and Nevermore. That's not Sherlock. Holmes. And and really the merging of that with uh with the the gods from HP Lovecraft, you know, your Cthulhu, your Azathoth, those kind of things. Um uh, you know them all. Uh that it really made for a cool combination. So knowing that Twilight Imperium would take twelve to thirteen hours, why did you begin at five in the evening? It okay, so twelve to thirteen hours is on the longest of long sides of ever of of that game um it doesn't it usually it doesn't usually take that long in fact the 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 recommend like the the normal time of twilight imperium is about an hour per player maybe a little more maybe like an hour and a half per player so six players you would assume like nine hours and one or two in the morning is a very common time for us to get done with board games um and if we did it, if we did an hour per player at six players, you know, we'd be done at eleven o'clock, and we have been before with Twilight Imperium. It just so happens that something occurred very early on in this particular game of Twilight Imperium that caused the game to go on three extra hours. I've never played the game, so I'm not even going to ask. To be honest, five o'clock in the afternoon is a is a uh, it's a reasonable time to start that game. It really is. Um, at least in my experience of playing it. Uh, we used to start games at 7 and be done by 2 in the morning. So 5 is five is not unreasonable. Um, it just... Every game of Twilight Imperium is different. There are 40 different uh, systems that are all interacting with each other. One of them is a political system, and something happened in the political system of our game that caused the game to extend far longer than a typical game of Twilight Imperium. Okay. I'm not here to judge. I just... It was uh, awesome. Just the next time that you talk about how you're too old for anything, I'm going to make fun of you. Yeah, at the end of the game, there were four people of the six of us that really were kind of still in contention that could all still win the game. Will, our our good friend who uh, drove down to play the game with us, um, he attacked me at one point near the end of the game, and literally knocked us both out of the game. So in the last two turns, which is a good hour and a half, there was no possibility of us winning, so we just kind of had to sit and spin. So that was kind of brutal. Yeah, that sucks. Hard. But that's part of the game. Well. So so what was your weekend like? Which one? 
this past one. I don't want to know about your weekend a weekend and a half ago. There were two weekends because we didn't record last week. And last week was, uh, last weekend was the debut of my highly anticipated Halloween costume, which the listener had to wait an extra week in anticipation to hear about. I was, uh, I was Y2J, Chris Jericho, uh, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. First ever undisputed champion, uh, only man to ever beat the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the same night. By the way, so I was all of those things. Like, like you were really him, or you just dressed up as him? I, I mean, I, I am not Chris Jericho. So, so you, so, so you did not defeat the Rock, right? And Steve Austin, but I dressed up like someone who did, and that was awesome. Oh. I was Chris Jericho. Okay. So if for those long-time wrestling, he's been around for 20 years. For anybody not familiar with Chris Jericho, he's awesome. He's very charismatic. For a long time, he was my favorite wrestler in the WWE, even though I never followed him in WCW at all. Uh, I was there in Chicago, in Rosemont, when he debuted in the World Wrestling Federation in 1999. Uh, he interrupted a promo The Rock was doing. A uh, fact that is often overlooked, Jesse the Body Ventura was uh, the governor or mayor or whatever. Governor, right? Governor at the time. What was he? Governor of Minnesota, right? Michigan? He, he, was, he was the governor of Minnesota. All right, cool. So Jesse was the governor of Minnesota, and as a gimmick, as like a promo, he guest refereed a pay-per-view for WWE for like a million dollars for charity or something, and he appeared on Raw that evening. So my dad and I went. I had made a sign that said Jesse for Prez. My dad held it up during a promo, and it got on the Titantron, which was awesome, for like a full second or two, which is really cool. And uh, I believe it's on the air broadcast as well, but I haven't seen it lately. And, uh, and yeah, but also that evening happened to be um, an evening where Chris Jericho debuted in the WWE. And I, I had no idea who he was, but he cut an awesome promo, and he's been, I've been a fan ever since. Anyway... When he returned in 2012, uh, he had this light-up jacket. So his entrance has always been he, he has his back to the crowd and he sticks his arms out to the side. Like, he's being crucified, but we won't go there. And uh, and then he, like, kind of twirls around and it's really cool. Well, his new entrance is he does that with a light-up jacket with all these blinking LEDs. And he twirls around and then all the lights in the arena go up. And it's awesome. I put LED lights into a leather jacket, and it took me like 20 hours. Blinking LED lights with the same pattern or similar pattern to Chris Jericho. Uh, I, but it wasn't the same? I had to cut into the inseam, cut holes in the uh, in the jacket material, poke them through, affix them with this special glue that I had. Uh, I got the bottle in here somewhere. It's some specific stuff that bonds to leather really well. Uh, yeah, that's what we we need to know. That yeah. Uh, so anyway, I can't find it right now. Apologies, um, but yeah. So it's Chris Darn. Jericho. I will wear the costume during one of our podcasts at some point. I just don't feel like getting the jacket right now. But it was awesome. Good. It was so awesome. Okay, good. And I went to a Halloween good. party, and it was like I I love Halloween parties. You know, like not going out. I don't like I don't like bars on Halloween or New Year's. It's too much of a. It's too. It's stupid. It's expensive, and people are. Way too trashed, and everyone's trying to hook up, and it's it's just it's weird. It's bad. People fight. I don't like it. I feel like I've I've only been to one Halloween party. I think maybe ever. What do you do the rest that of the I time? can re- that I can remember? 
I mean, lately, you know, we we have a house, so we sit in, we do the trick or treater thing, right? And we like have and we have people over, but not a lot, and we like make chili. Like that's been like the past like few, responsible adults, was, right? Sure, uh, but there was one where I played a bunch of beer pong, and that was really fun. Right, party house parties are great. Yeah. So I did a house party and it was great. And then I, I cabbed home and our, our one of our friends who shall remain nameless was very drunk and accompanied me to my place and we watched Hocus Pocus on YouTube, All right. which was a terrible choice. What? Hocus Pocus is a fantastic it's movie. Not. What's wrong with you? When is the last time you saw no. it? Like 13 years ago and that is how I will probably always uh-huh, remember uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. You were thinking of the same movie, right? With the Bette Midler or whatever. Yeah. 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 Hocus pocus. So that happened. Kid turns into a kid turns into a mouse. I don't remember that. Maybe I'm thinking of witches. I don't know. There might be witches. I don't know. But uh, uh, actually, maybe maybe that is. Witches. I think Halloween is uh, superior when done at a house party. But I was the Ayatollah of I was Chris Jericho. It was awesome. It was so good. Okay, good. Look, he retweeted me when I tweeted at him. That's all that matters. Thank He's God. He's got like two and a half million followers. 20, 20 hours and $200 of your time. That's worth that. Dude, my clout score? I got more clout than I'm getting D right now. You got a lot of D. Too. Sometimes when you get the D, you get clout from it. But Ooh, these happen on separate. That actually sounds, that actually sounds like something you don't My want. old coworker Susan, used to insist that clout sounded like an STD. It was hilarious. Yeah, no, really, though. Like, you don't want to get the clout from the D. Like, you should probably protect yourself from that somehow. protect yourself before you wreck yourself because there are too many cooks so there's that so what have you been playing uh then? nothing so here we are talking about the d we're talking about you know you haven't played something you told me you were playing things. what did i tell so you i was playing what did i tell you i was playing to cough beyond earth yeah all right all right here's what i've been doing i got back into hyrule warriors which i never beat it's fun Okay. I, you know, I played a few hours of that. It's still fun. It's, it really is still fun. Like, I really want to play more of it. It's fun. Uh, played more. Still, still pretty mindless. I remember you seeing the difficulty. Was yeah, it's still a bit of a. It's still talked. a bit of a button masher. It's it's not particularly challenging. Uh, I have gotten two game overs. So, uh, you know, if I mean you, like, it's not like I can beat it in my sleep. Okay. Like through, did did you realize what was going on? Why you got those game? Yeah, I just I wasn't just fast enough happened. getting places, or I I okay. you know whatever. Uh, a couple times I, a couple times in the game you'll fight like a really hard boss, and it's like oh you must go destroy the statue over here to weaken him, and like I would go and try and fight the boss without destroying the statue, so he's like just really really powerful, kills mm-hmm. you in like three hits, so. Stupid crap like that. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's not like you can sleep through and win. So it's, it's fine. Um, the difficulty is is at least, you know, again. But then but then uh, there's kind of a false ending and then, like, this extra level afterwards. And I played the, that, that first level, and it was, like, just, just stupidly easy. But then I got to the boss of that level, and it was really hard. I actually got a game over. So uh, mm. it goes up and down, fluctuates. Um, but it, it, it's it's much more tolerable than it was originally. Um, just okay. good. So uh, you know, still not a super hard game. I would say like Zelda hard, uh, but some people consider Zelda games very easy. So I don't know. Um, it's it's not it's not hard as a game, but it is. Uh, it's not a cakewalk, so it's fine. Um, it would fall on the easier end of the spectrum. I've been enjoying that. Uh, Beyond Earth, uh, the new Civilization game. I've been playing a bit of. I'm still on my first game, 
Single player? I have not finished. I mean, I've only played a couple hours of multiplayer with you, which God no, knows. No, that's – and that's not necessarily the – like – I feel like you can get a very good idea of a Civ game even by just one game. Because remember, I mean, a lot of times a, a single game of Civilization will take, you know, upwards of 10 hours if you're having to make a lot of decisions. Yeah, it's giving me a good idea. Um I want to like I don't want to go into depth about the game until uh, until I've reassessed it. Uh, I've told you this many times. I feel like the difficulty is is atrociously easy right now, but I'm playing on mm-hmm. the second easiest difficulty of like eight or nine. Uh, it's the default, I think, or maybe one below the default. Uh, you know, I just wanted to do it because maybe they would change a bunch of systems, and I, and I don't want to like yeah. get six turns in and lose. The other thing is the first time you play a game like Civ, there's so many quirks to the rules. You can't know all the rules at first. So you have to do kind of a test game and test different things to see how the mechanics work. For example... Yeah, I kind of I did the same thing Yeah, the yeah. first game. So for example, in Civilization V, when you build a city, you're on a hexagonal grid, right? Um, when you build a city, that city's borders extend to one tile around each like one adjacent every tile adjacent to that city is in its borders right Mm -hmm. in beyond earth that is not the case uh necessarily i founded a colony on the border of my territory and another civs territory it did not annex that one tile of the other civs territory and that may sound like a minute thing, but that is a, a huge deal strategically because I specifically placed that colony in that tile because I wanted a resource that was adjacent to that tile but was in the opponent's uh, uh, territory. So that's like one kind of quirk. And uh, and there was another quirk very similar or very related to that that I also didn't know right when I started. But... Things like that make it, you know, that's a learning curve thing. Like, there's just little learning curve stuff you learn the first time you play it through. Uh, I think it was, there was another rule that's like, a, it was some kind of military quirk having to do with battles or uh, or taking, capturing things or something or, or another. I can't remember what it was, but, but there was another thing that was kind of off from Civilization V, and I was like, oh, I need to, like, note mm-hmm. this for later games. So there were a couple things I needed to kind of, like, you had to kind of play around with the rules. Next game I play, I'm going to do a harder difficulty, and um, I'll know the rules better. So at that point, I'll kind of give a, a, a more specific assessment of the game. But right now, it's just such a learning curve stage that I don't really want to get too far into it, other than that I kind of like it. Yeah, I feel like you need to... Because if if you don't get any kind of aggressiveness from your opponents in Civ, the game, to me, has always become a very passive experience. Mm-hmm. Like, like you just you have to have, you have to have your neighbors imposing some sort of threat to you to make the game interesting. Otherwise, it it devolves to me usually about a third of the way into the full game, into just next turn, next turn, next turn, next turn, next turn. Wait to build something next turn, next turn, next turn. After that thing is built, it allows you to build something else. So build the next thing next turn, next turn, next turn. Um. And so, and and so, and I and I talked about this on the last episode. My big problem has always been then that the that you have to get that aggressiveness from from your opponents, and that will cause 
military stuff to ensue, and I always thought that the military was very obtuse in previous Civ games. Whereas, I think that Beyond Earth nails the military. Yeah, you're a, you're I mean, a big fan I mean, of it. I just happen to be in a game, however, where there is... Where you are not using There's this. no threat. Like, I, right. I have... I have no need to create any military units whatsoever. I'm winning by like a couple hundred points, like seven hundred ish. Yeah, team. that's that's a you lot. know I'm I'm dominating points wise, and I have no reason to build military. There's no threat, um, and no one's even being remotely aggressive. So it's like okay, yep. Um, so there's that. I will complain. The music is really bad. It is. It's, it's terrible. Good. I'm sorry, but like the op- the opening scene's phenomenal. Like it always is. If you watch that whole opening, yeah, it's really good. But it's always really and, good in the same. And games. some of the music sets the ambiance pretty, really, pretty well. You know, uh, but God, it gets old, and there's yeah. it's so dystopian, and it's like really the whole game needs to be just this dystopian ambient like ooh creepy we're on another planet kind of music like the whole game you can't have any like dubstep or something like we're in space one would think they would bring like space dubstep i mean they they you, one would think someone would bring a led zeppelin album to space to colonize a new planet can't we can we get like real music people are listening to and not just like weird, creepy, uh, la, 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 la. like no, come on, it's annoying. I, I'm going to turn off the music and start playing like Pandora, Led, Led Zeppelin, or, yeah. not that, but Pandora. I'm going to start playing a Pandora playlist of of or a Pandora station of of techno or something that makes me feel like I'm in a sci-fi world other than like remote planet with scary aliens and green. Yeah, water. I mean it's a. It's a slight bummer because the music has always been really good in Civ. So it is a slight bummer that the music is not awesome. Yeah, and I love the art style. It's all very muted and very, like, drab and very, like... You know, like, Civilization's, like, middle, like daytime, high noon. And I get that there's this, like, alien world stuff, but do they, like, not have daytime on alien worlds? Is it always, like, 6 p.m. in green? Like, is there no... Like, what's Tatooine? Hello? I don't... I don't even know what you're talking Tatooine about. Tatooine has two suns. On Beyond Earth, you're in this weird green world where it's always 6 p.m. or 5 p.m., depending on daylight savings, and everything's like dark green or navy blue. And that's like everything. It's like... You are you are doing a far worse job of articulating the exact same problem that I articulated last what week. What did you Only say? you're doing it in a stupid Re-articulated. way. Re-articulated. I, I said that... The developers of this game finally get unleashed by going to a different world by doing a sci-fi thing, and they choose to go humans with, like, normal civilization trappings. Like, they don't do anything interesting and ultra sci-fi-y with it. That's not my complaint. That I'm saying something different than you. They can go sci-fi-y, but they went one melancholy uncolorful monochromatic drab setting of sci-fi there is no variety there's no there's no bright daytime there's nothing shiny it's all very like gritty it's got this like gritty starcraft feel starcraft has brighter colors than this starcraft is a game about 
Terran, Zerg, and Protoss killing each other. I'm just kidding. StarCraft is a game about constructing additional pylons. But, like, the, the colors are still better. And I, I don't know. I, it's just, like, I, I sit there play, you sit there playing Beyond Earth for, like, six to eight hours, and you're getting, like, creepy, weird ambient music and, like, darkness. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's not, like, it's not exciting. It's not, it's not happy or peppy. It's, or, op- it's oppressive. It's too oppressive. It's just, I don't know. Okay. That's, like, a stupid complaint, but it's, like, give me some vivid, like, I don't know, fun. But I will say there's a sound effect in Beyond Earth that is awesome. It's so good. It's like you confirm something, and it's like, and it's like, oh, it's so good. I love that sound effect. Is it this one? No. Oh, that was the one I thought I heard. Uh, my sun lamp turned off, by the way, for those audio listeners. And yes, so no, you got enough of the. So D. I got enough of the D, and yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about it right now, actually. Yeah. Good. So uh, good. Does that happened. You, you seem tired. You seem tired after all that. D. Um, oh man, I mean a cigarette after that. Sunlamp yeah. experience. But, uh, yeah, so I've been playing Beyond Earth and Hyrule Warriors. I'm um, still dabbling in Smash Brothers. I finished unlocking all of the secret characters, so I now have the whole roster. Uh, little dis- have you smashed anybody on the bus yet? Uh, not smashed anybody on the bus. I haven't touched multiplayer again. I- I- I've not played much of it. I've not played much okay. of it. I played the Pokemon Ruby Red Omega Sapphire demo. Mm-hmm. Um, it- Is it literally the same thing as X complete and y? waste of time. I don't know why I played it. It's stupid. It walks you through a little mini storyline where you like go into a cave and fight team whatever it is, Amber or whatever this game is. And uh, so you go and you fight a couple of them, you fight a couple trainers, you walk through some tall grass, and then you catch like a Pokemon. And then it's like, oh, well, you can transfer this Pokemon to your full game. Like, okay, that's cool, I guess. But like, I killed every Pokemon in one hit and didn't take any damage the entire demo. That sounds really fun. Literally. Did not get hit or kill anyone in less than one hit. Um, Is it because you were using an Abra? No. They, or a Kadabra? They let you choose any one of three and you start with it. And yeah, so I I don't know. Apparently after you finish that little story, it was literally a half hour. It was like as I played it on one train ride, the start mm-hmm. to finish, which is like less than 40 minutes. So... Uh, it was a half hour, and I was done with it. And I was like, well, all right, well, I got a Pokemon for when I get the game. That's cool, I guess. Looks exactly like X and Y. It's fine. It's going to be a fun game. I'm still probably going to get it. I'm just saying the demo is kind of like, I don't, it just kind of let me scratch my head. Uh, I, like, it, it didn't do anything for me. I, I guess, I don't know the, what the target audience is, really. Like, demos, to me, are supposed to be, like, whet your appetite for a game, see if you like it, and then, you know, like, you can play it. Um, yeah. I I don't know that this was necessary, like, and and anybody that's not familiar with Pokemon, like, I don't know if you're if you're an RPG fan at all, just probably won't do right, it. For like you. rolling through a bunch of Pokemon in one hit. I mean, maybe maybe like I did. I knew that I didn't need to use defense, which is a defensive move. Yeah. You know, maybe like brand new players are like, be like, oh, I'll use defense. He would. Have I don't know. I just I'm just like whatever. I'm I'm not. I don't work. In video game marketing, I don't understand like how any of it works, but I'm just saying like for my for my half hour, it's just like I just, I don't know. It wasn't really a point. You don't understand who it was for. I guess. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird. So uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably still download it again when it comes out next week, but I don't know. Um, and uh, and one other thing, uh, I resolved my Smash Brothers dilemma. No thanks to you, listener. So ahead of time, uh, 
so you know, we will be posting something next week. I'll talk to I'll talk to that at the very end of the podcast. But there will be no traditional unqualified gamers podcast next week because I will be in Mexico and not recording to John with John. Hopefully, not talking to John at all. Actually, I would is the goal. For, so for all I'm gonna be gone. I leave Saturday. I return the day after Smash Brothers comes out. I was freaking out because game because Amazon. Is the only retailer that I know will reliably deliver my game on its release date on time, and they're sold out of the bundle. Well, uh, I asked for help, and no one helped over the last two weeks, so thanks for nothing, listener. But that's okay, because I figured it out. Smash Brothers Wii U is the first game Nintendo is offering uh, a downloadable that you can preload the game. So I have purchased the game already through Nintendo.com three days before the game is released, they're going to send me a download code. I will enter, I will redeem that download code from my laptop in Mexico. This will tell my Wii U in Chicago to download Smash Brothers Wii U. And when I get home, I need to only uh, install a quick update to my system and I will be able to play Smash Brothers. So... It doesn't, it doesn't sound like there's literally anything that could possibly go wrong with this plan. It can't go that wrong. Uh, no, I I agree. It's just it doesn't sound like there could possibly. Oh, be shut up! How could anything go wrong with this plan? As somebody who has preloaded a multitude of games before, it's it's a flawless plan. Would you please elaborate? Because I this is the first time I've ever preloaded a game, and I'd like to know what what has happened with you. Occasionally, there are corruptions on preloaded stuff that make you re-download the game in question. So there is a chance that the preload does not work correctly and you may need to re-download the game when you return home. Now that in itself is probably not that big of a deal, you just re-download the game. But you may not be able to play it instantaneously when you walk in the door. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for setting me up for that because that will help me freak out less if that is the case if if this is also nintendo's first time ever allowing preloads as much as i love nintendo they have not always gotten their online infrastructure stuff correct so i would say steal yourself and anticipate that there might be some bumps in that road okay because that this is new territory for them okay so here's what I'll do. They said there's uh, I will I will redeem my code the day it comes out. I'll redeem it that morning before I get on the flight to Mexico. Because mm-hmm. that ti- by that time everyone else will have already downloaded their copy. That is probably what you should do. You should probably redeem it from the Wii U itself. Oh no, I'm going to redeem it from my computer but in Mexico right before I leave Saturday morning. So, because the game comes I think out, as, admit- I think as long as you buy the game, you will be able to eventually download it onto your Wii U. Just buy that. You may not be able to play it immediately when you walk in the door from Mexico, but you will eventually be able to play it. What I'm saying is, no one is going to be on the network trying to download it Saturday because it comes out Friday. Everyone will either have a hard copy, or they will have pre-downloaded it, or they will have downloaded it by then. Everyone's going to play go. it Friday. So if I download it, so if I if I if I'm if I leave, I'm saying we leave Mexico like 2 p.m. right Saturday. If like at noon on Saturday before we leave, I hop on my phone or PC or whatever I've got on me, pop in the download code, boom! All right, that gives me like eight because I get home around 9 p.m. It gives me nine hours. You know, everybody's 
Everybody's already going to be way better than you. Everyone's already going to be playing, so and everyone's already going to have the game. So that gives me nine hours for my Wii to just download one game. Shouldn't be that hard. And hopefully by then they will have fixed any corruptions. Doesn't matter. But that's okay. what I decided on. The only thing I need to figure out is someone needs to pick up the GameCube controller adapter for me. But I have a couple friends in Chicago that I will try to enlist to do that. So that is my okay. uh, that's my Smash Brothers plan. But I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I, I didn't want to um, involve too many people in the the picking out process because then you'll end up with too many cooks. Mm-hmm. And uh, frankly, that's unethical. Too many, too many, and too many cooks could spoil the broth. Too many cooks are fighting for freedom. So they're gonna spoil the broth. Bra- Smash Brothers mm-hmm. broth. Super Smash Brothers brawl. Maybe I'll just bring my Wii U to Mexico and download it there. Who cares? I'm over it. That's I, probably what you should I'd do. Probably well, that's probably that. what you should do. That's a better plan. All I need is a system, the cords, and the gamepad. I don't need a TV. I would bring it. That's right. It doesn't matter. I'm done talking about all the garbage I did this week that amounts to nothing. You need to tell me about so, this stupid video game you played that I You know, you know, I'll 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 actually hold off on that for next week. Um I'll just give you the uh, so I, I completed a game. I, it's been a long time since I've completed a game. I realized after I finished Shadows of Mordor that I... It's been a long time since I've like actually gotten to the end of a game. So I was proud of myself. I was like, wow, I liked this game enough to continue playing it all the way through to completion. So that is, first of all, that is saying something about this game. So I finished Shadows of Mordor. I've talked about it on the past two episodes. Um... It is probably my favorite open world experience, either one that I've ever had, or two since Red Dead Redemption. RDR, which, which was a Rockstar game set in the set in the old west that was just I loved it. Now, Red Dead Redemption had better story missions. It had a better single player campaign. Shadows of Mordor to me, the single player campaign, and this is the biggest indictment of the game. For me, and the reason why, like, I can't in good conscience say it's one of it's a, it's a great, great game, is because the single player campaign to me and the missions involved are really not good, and that includes the final boss, whom he is he is literally a quick time event. He is a three button quick time event, and it's really bad, and it's it's almost it's almost insulting to the rest of the game. That has obviously had much more put into it uh, to make a great experience. So I was super disappointed by the end of the game. Super disappointed. So shame on you. Shame on you. Did you fight? Was the, was, so did you get to the final? So did you fight your rival in a really epic battle? And then the final boss showed up and said, I am Necron. And you had to fight him. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, that's right. Actually, his name was... I think his name was Bunavelta. <laughs> so... So, it... Like, I was super bummed by the by the boss. And I'll, that's the last I'll say that's, like, not good about that. But when I unlocked that ability to mind control orcs halfway into the game, I, I thought that was going to change the way I played the game. And it really honestly did. Like, I was having the most fun just, like picking a captain to go kill and then i would go into like the area where you'd need to kill the captain and there would be you know he would be in 
walking around the bottom of this tower, for instance, and I would jump up and I would go on like the the middle tier of all of the of all of the areas around that tower, and I would mind control all of the archer orcs, and then I would go down and I would attack him, and I would activate all of the archers, and they would all just start firing arrows into the groups of orcs that I was fighting, which was awesome. Um, another thing I would do was I would I would mind control a captain, and I would sick him on a war chief. I would I would instruct him to attack a war chief, and then I would go confront the war chief, and I would have an army of orcs that would be my orcs attacking the war chief that I would attack with them and just decimate. And it was awesome. Now there's a bunch of different abilities you get that are like in combat abilities. One of which is the ability to mind control an orc in the middle of combat. And you're fighting like 50 orcs at a time. And there are also runes you can put on weapons. And one of the runes that I got for my sword made it so that when I did a combat mind control on these orcs, I would not only mind control that orc, but I'd have a 33% chance per orc around that orc to mind control that orc. You are so, obsessed. So, so, I would mind control a single enemy, and suddenly I would have seven more instantly that would be part of my army. And then we would just wipe out the opposing force. Uh-huh. It was awesome. It was so cool. Um, and they do some other really cool stuff. They let you ride around on... Very early on, you get the ability to ride around on these small wolf-like beasts. And that's okay. They they act like wolves. It's okay. Um, about ha- about halfway, three-quarters of the way into the game, you meet a dwarf. And eventually you get to ride around on this giant fucking hulking monster. And they just put you in the middle of a huge battlefield of orcs. And you just are swinging through them, eating them. It's great. It's super fun and satisfying. And then you can, once you finish that particular story mission, you can then unlock the ability, because you have to go through this quick time event to to be able to ride these wolves or giant creatures. They allow you to just basically hit two buttons to do that once you unlock a certain ability after you level up to a certain point. So that's awesome. So it just, it the game just keeps ramping up the awesome. Uh, and so if you just, if you just look at it as a super fun open world sandbox, which to be honest are not games that I typically enjoy. I don't like to make my own fun in games. I'm not that kind of gamer. There are a ton of people that do. I'm totally with you if you like to do that. It's not, that's not my style. My style is usually play the game that the, that the developer has crafted for me. But this game just like did it. It just did it for me. It, it totally worked. And it worked in the way that Red Dead Redemption worked. Where, like, I just wanted to kind of explore the world. You know? So, uh, I finished that up and I, like, I 100%ed it. What? And, like, I don't... Yeah, I did. I 100%ed it. And it wasn't that hard. It took, like, 35 hours total. Uh, but I don't, like, do that to games anymore, you know? Yeah, you must have really liked this game. I did. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And it's fun because you can, like... Most of the stuff you can unlock, most of like the collectibles you can unlock over the course of just playing the game. They don't take a lot of out, outside effort to go get. I will say I was also a little bummed that they don't unlock anything special. You collect everything and you don't get anything for it. Yeah, but that's a lot of games, I feel. I, even if it was just something like cosmetic, like uh, a bunny hat, because that'd be cool and dumb. Would that be but, cool? And dumb. Or yes. would it just be dumb and totally pointless? And you're like, oh, that was a total waste of time. 
I hate no, everything. It would, no, you know what's a total waste of time is doing it all and getting not even a bunny hat. Getting nothing. Yeah, you're right. A bunny hat would validate the several hundred hours that you spent getting everything. I think you were listening to me. So, uh, I would totally recommend playing the game, though. I really would. That uh, Do not, though, do not get it on the the uh, PS3 or the Xbox 360. It, it is out for all consoles, including the PC. But that Nemesis system that I have talked so much about, about being so cool, it does not, it's not there on the PS3 version and the Xbox 360 version. They've completely taken that system out because this, supposedly the systems can't handle it. So don't get it on one of those two systems because it is it is the reason to play the game. It's one of the most fun things about the game. Awesome. Um, I hate Lord of the Rings, so yeah, yeah, and I do I do too. I I I honestly do. Wait, I did what? Not, I did, yeah, I did not buy this game for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I can't stand Lord of the Rings lore for the most part at all. Really, really, really. It's 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 way too high fantasy for me way too high fantasy so um yeah i just i i got this game because it it sounded like it was a lot of fun what's high fantasy high fantasy is very like self-serious fantasy um it it's it's fantasy where like you'll have races with where the author has the author has has crafted complete languages for the different races um it self-serious is a good way to describe high fantasy doesn't george rr R. martin do that yeah yeah i mean his yes he he, he kind of does yes but you like that right i do so i do how is it different um well Part of it is probably just the writing styles for that, because I, I maybe I find J.R.R. Tolkien kind of archaic now, in the way that he wrote. Do you think that it's his... because in the Lord of the Rings universe, th- because of the way he wrote it, do you think that in that universe there are too many cooks? There are a hell of a lot of cooks. So that's probably it. They probably spoiled the broth. Okay. Well, all right. Well, uh, I guess we'll just wait for uh, you to talk about that other game in a couple weeks. When we're uh, if we are we doing a Thanksgiving episode? Or are we busy that week? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Just hanging out in Minnesota? Yeah, I'll be here. It's, uh, yeah, we should be able to do a Thanksgiving episode. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how I feel. I mean, Thanksgiving's on. Thanksgiving is on a Thursday, so Wednesday night. I mean, we don't have neither of us have to work the next day. Yeah, but I gotta go to Rockford. You don't have to. You could just stay here and hang out with me. Yeah, that sounds nightmarish, and with, with uh, me forever. Yeah, so there's that. So, uh, so forever. So don't worry, listener. We're not going to leave you high and dry next week. I will post something next Friday, uh, at 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 the risk of uh, our reputation and show. It'll be good. Disclaimer. It'll it'll be something you post. Disclaimer. I was drunk. I'm just going to leave it at that. I was drunk. I say that in it, right? I mean, I say... It's, it's in the title. It's in the title. So... No. Next week, I will post a thing that happened when I was drunk, and you will enjoy it, whether you want to or not. 
And then we'll be back around Thanksgiving or maybe a little after and uh, get some more Unqualified Gamers uh, action going on. And if you are a child of the 80s, like Cody and I both were, uh, I would recommend you go watch Too Many Cooks. Legitimately YouTube Too Many Cooks. I would I would recommend you watch Twin Peaks because it's coming back. It's, it's something special. And I just found out who killed Laura Palmer and it's pretty phenomenal. It's something special. I know it. That, That's something special too. What's something special? Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it, it's twenty years ago, but I'm still not going to spoil it. But uh, yeah. So yeah, um, thank you for joining us for this podcast, of Unqualified Gamer. Do you notice I slur my words more when I get tired near the end of our recording? You do. It's it's really bad. You do it more than when you drink. Is it? How do you know I haven't been drinking tonight? I guess I don't know. Well, maybe. Can, well, actually, I, you know what? I can smell it on your breath. You can. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually not. That's actually not alcohol. You're smelling. You're smelling. You're smelling the D.